I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome to News Du Jour. You may be wondering, why am I, Annie Bowles, here hosting this podcast? I usually start by telling people I'm a political baby. You see, my parents met working on Capitol Hill. By the time I was two, I had been in my first political commercial and even got lost crawling around the West Wing. Don't worry, Al Gore found me. My family then moved abroad when I was nine, and I attended an international school in Brussels with kids from all over the world, and it is this type of global perspective that I also bring to our show. I graduated from American University in D.C. after studying political science and art history, as well as interning on both sides of Capitol Hill. I even interned down the hall from where my parents met. I'm now pursuing a professional certificate in journalism at NYU in conjunction with Rolling Stone magazine. I guess I was always that friend in the group who cared deeply about not just what was going on politically, but also globally. I often kept my own friends informed through high school and into young adulthood. So I guess I've always done a version of this show. I'm genuinely passionate about following the news, and I'm here to break it down for you guys every weekday. We always strive to be a calmer space to get your news, or as one listener put it, like getting your news from a well-informed bestie. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, guys, I have so much to catch you guys up on before the weekend. This episode may run a little long like yesterday's did. We have no mini stories for you guys, though, so that at least, you know, that's a little bit lighter today. But we do have movement in Trump's Manhattan case to discuss. We have three different stories on Russia that are just a lot. They're a lot. And then we're going to discuss a 5.7 magnitude earthquake in Hawaii. Let's jump in. So like I said, we're going to be starting with Trump's Manhattan case. So yesterday, Trump's Manhattan case held a hearing. Trump was there. The biggest takeaway is that this case is now scheduled to begin on March 25th and that Trump's team is not happy about it. They have argued for a delay on any reasoning that they could think up. But someone running for public office is not a sufficient reason for a trial to be put on hold. Otherwise, we'd have a lot of criminals suddenly running for president. Sorry, I was on the campaign trail. I couldn't make it to court today. Like, imagine if that was allowed. (laughs) Trump was quiet, though, as his attorney called the March 25th court date unfathomable, quote unquote. His team was really hoping that delays in the Jack Smith trials regarding presidential immunity would tie into this case, but that doesn't seem to be the case. The judge said that he took counsel with the judge presiding over that federal case in D.C. and that the two came to the conclusion that this trial should proceed. 
any movement in any of these cases is bad for Trump and a win for the prosecutors. So that's where things stand today. Having that trial date set, we will certainly be watching and keeping you posted all along the way with this trial beginning on March 25th. All right, and for our next story, I guess we could say Russia, Russia, and more Russia. We have some pretty serious stuff to go over here. Let's jump in. So I reported this on our Instagram stories or reposted this, but Biden put out a post yesterday on social media that read, quote, failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten, end quote. And the image on Instagram, in case you didn't see it, was himself, the first lady, and then President Zelensky of Ukraine and his wife facing away from the camera and like waving to a crowd. And I think this, you know, obviously is an important, he's calling attention to this big moment on Capitol Hill. This is coming at a time when, as per our last episode, we updated you guys about this yesterday, we know that there is an aid package that has finally passed the Senate, and now it faces these same petty political games that the House has been playing for months, if not years at this point, with Republicans essentially making demands and then turning Democrats down when they meet said demands. Essentially, refusing to work with Democrats in any productive way has been the theme for Republicans. And, you know, that's what the whole Speaker of the House drama was about, that, you know, they felt McCarthy was bowing down to the Democrats somehow by simply working with them. This is something you have to do to get things done on Capitol Hill. But if they block this in some sort of chess match that they only seem to be playing with themselves, there could be dire global consequences. This isn't a game. We all lose if Putin wins. And speaking of Putin, we have to discuss the Putin and Tucker Carlson interview. So Tucker Carlson, on his own new channel, on his website, sat down with Putin for a two-hour interview with Putin going on these long historical tangents, you guys. One as long as 30 minutes. And Putin was just as eerie talking as he appears in photography. In fact, I might even say he was creepier talking. He appeared smooth, soft-spoken, with these beady, ice-blue eyes that just seemed blank. There was something so blank about them. And so it just comes across as creepy. There's nothing warm about him. The only thing remotely human about him is that someone really messed up his self-tanner because his hands, you know, were way more pale than his face. That is one of my pet peeves and something I could not stop noticing throughout this whole two-hour ordeal. Political commentators seemed, for the most part, to come to similar conclusions about this interaction. Mostly that it seems like Putin has gone cuckoo or, quote, off the rails, end quote, as Business Insider put it. Russian history experts have said that his accounting of events was like blatantly inaccurate. One expert in U.S.-Soviet relations put it, quote, Putin seems like a delusional man who has lost touch with reality, yammering on about the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, end quote. Others blamed 
Putin's tirade actually on Tucker Carlson saying that his initial question right out of the gates was whether or not Ukraine had done anything physically to attack Russia to prompt the war. And some experts found this to be obnoxious or even offensive because we know Ukraine didn't do anything and that Russia blatantly attacked Ukraine out of nowhere. But as a journalist, I actually really enjoyed this question because Putin has frequently alluded to the Russian people and to the press that Ukraine was set to attack them in some way and that the war was kind of mutual. So I actually loved that Tucker was putting him directly into the hot seat and asking him to his face the question that we knew he had no answer for. There was no evidence of Ukraine trying to attack. So it immediately pissed Putin off because he was being called out. But I think that's why he ended up kind of spanking Tucker, attempting to with that 30 minute history lesson. He was trying to make Tucker feel small or feel like a child for like not knowing the Russian history because the way it played out was like Putin had said, you know, you got your degree in history, right? And Tucker is like, yes, yes, I did. And he's like, let me teach you something. <laughs> so that's how it kind of went down. Anywho. It was wild. Two very big, very famous or infamous characters colliding for a two hour chat. If you have the stomach for it, I'd actually recommend watching it if for no other reason than to get a sense of who Putin really is firsthand. And that brings me to my last story on the subject of Russia, but a very important one. Speaking of who Putin really is, the secret is out. This is the one that the congressman from Ohio was referring to and is now at least somewhat on the table. As the news outlets were suspecting, he was referring to a Russian nuclear prog program that is intending to send nuclear weapons into outer space and essentially knock out some or all of our satellite network. This is something that sounds absolutely space age and bananas and just like out of the realm, like like in, you know, sort of a fantasy land. This is what he would do. But it sounds like this is something that he's actively either been working towards or actually has the weaponry to execute right now. This type of an event would obviously affect every single type of communication from like civilian to military and essentially cut off America from the world. And according to experts for the New York Times, we do not currently have any type of weaponry to defend these satellites from a nuclear attack. What's more, there's an actual treaty that exists for the purpose of preventing this exact type of threat. It's called the Outer Space Treaty of 1967. Russia has their signature on this treaty, but obviously... We know them to frequently go back on their word. In fact, that might be one of the few things you can rely on the Kremlin for. That said, U.S. officials said it appeared that Russia was not poised to actually use this weapon yet. So I don't know, you know, all of the language around this was really guarded for obvious reasons. And I was a little bit confused as to whether the weaponry was ready to go or not. If it just seems like they won't use it or that they can't use it, I guess is the distinction I am looking to make, you know, just as I'm staring at the ceiling tonight, wondering if, you know, this is going to happen. 
But it just goes to further show how much these countries could be plotting behind the scenes that we are just blissfully unaware of. And when nations like Britain and Sweden come forward saying that Europe needs to prepare for war, it's based off intelligence signals like this that are highly classified that would frankly keep all of us up at night if we knew all about them. There's a reason that the public isn't informed about a lot of these things. And I am still very interested to hear if there's any kind of backlash against this gentleman from Ohio who felt he personally had to, you know, make sure the public knew about this. I don't know that it's particularly helpful that we know about this. I would love to hear your thoughts. Something like this can obviously cause a lot of panic. And I'm curious if it broke any laws the way he handled this. It's just a a very interesting question. I think it's really interesting how it has played out. And I'm, I'm definitely curious as to whether he handled it the right way. That's where I'm trying to determine my own opinion in all of this. But with that, we will leave our global conflicts for today, for the week, and we will head over to discuss the earthquake in Hawaii, and then we're going to be done for the week. Okay, guys, so I just simply wanted to make you aware that there was a pretty big earthquake in Hawaii. According to NBC Los Angeles, a 5.7 magnitude earthquake hit Hawaii last Friday. The quake hit the big island in Hawaii at about 10 a.m. local time. Fortunately, there was no tsunami expected and there wasn't any sort of large like death toll or anything like that. But these quakes are something that are just ramping up. And after Hawaii has been struck by all these fires, you know, it definitely sucks that they're getting hammered by an earthquake next. That said, We've actually been getting a lot of strong earthquakes here in Oklahoma, if you live in Oklahoma. So I actually wanted to touch on what to do in an earthquake because I thought it could be valuable because I realized when I was woken up in the middle of the night by an earthquake for the first time in my life ever, I've experienced them in Texas a couple times during the day, but this was the first one that was strong enough to wake me up at night and I didn't know what to do. And I've got a baby in the next room. So I was like, wait, I really need to get better informed. So in case you are in this same kind of mode, the typical procedure in an earthquake, and obviously do your own research to your own satisfaction, but just in case is the only thing you hear and it ends up helping someone, um, the, the procedure is to stop, hide, and hold. Stop, hide, hold. So you stay where you are. If you're upstairs, you stay upstairs. If you're downstairs, you stay downstairs. If you're outside, you stay outside. Then you hide. So ideally, this is under a desk or a table. If not, you can hide along an interior wall. And then the next step is hold. So you hold on for stability because if you think about it, you're shaking all around, you know, you really want to hold on to whatever is nearest to you so you don't lose your balance. We just made an earthquake plan for my household after that one in the middle of the night. Just, okay, what are we specifically going to do if this happens again? So I would just encourage you to do the same with your family too so that, you know, as these earthquakes continue, hopefully we won't get another big one ever again. But I want to be prepared if we do. If you're a parent, I know you're in the same boat. So 
for this week. That is the news du jour. I really wanted to thank you guys for all your support this week. And you feel if you feel motivated to reshare our bonus episode, it would mean the world. And if you haven't yet, please consider signing our petition for Senate Bill 1470. It is in support of domestic abuse survivors. And you can find a ton more information about it at the link in our show notes for the petition. It has a ton of information explaining the bill. So thank you guys again. And today I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, a family need not only to consist merely of those with whom we share blood, but also for those whom we'd give our blood. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media and that is also linked in our show notes you can follow us on social media at news du jour dot podcast on both instagram and tiktok you can follow my personal account at it's annie bowls on both platforms as well any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup he has a little separation anxiety and always records with me We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oklahoma.